It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock. It is time for episode 203 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Uh, Joining me, as always, uh, my best friend, Brian. Brian, how the hell are you uh, this Sunday night? Talk to me, my friend. It's Sunday night. It's the time where weeks end. And at the same time, we have something to look forward to, which is a new week. Um, it is an opportunity for us to look back and embrace the past, while at the same time, looking forward to a future. Um, a lot of people like to call this the weekend, and I would like to say it's more the week start. That's pretty goddamn deep, my friend. You're getting philosophical right off the bat here. Ron, I'm going to tell you something. It is Sunday night. It is the last Sunday in April. Now, that can only mean one thing. What's and that? that it, you, you would like to know? I would love to know what that means. All right, so tonight, Sunday night at 9.30 New York time, Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time, I am unsure of which side of Daylight Savings Time we're at, but we know it's coming to an end. Anywho, we are having our pajama party, which is once a month, we invite our Patreons onto the show. Anybody who's coming on at the aluminum level or higher, uh, bronze level or higher. $10. As I said, exactly. Just as I said, bronze level or higher. You get a link where you can live stream this podcast, but it's not this podcast. It is our after dark, which is the 30 minutes to to whenever we want it to end. It true, is, true. Um, it's, it's behind the paywall. It's on Patreon. Only subscribers can watch to join. And it's where we talk about kind of the things that YouTube would kind of frown upon based on their uh, uh, guidelines and community standards. However, this Sunday night is something special. And this Sunday night is where we invite our Patreons to come join us. We call it the pajama party, but... We also, and this is where, I don't know, I don't know if you can actually see the bead of sweat that is currently residing on Ron's temple, but slowly growing because we will be playing Will You Beat Ron? Not Can You Beat Ron? For half a year, we were playing Can You Beat Ron? And what what did we learn last month? Uh, We learned that I can be beat. So this, ooh, and 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 honestly, I've asked um, uh, Ron, I've asked your wife multiple times whether you can be beat, and she said it's not your thing, so she wouldn't know. Right. Um, however, we will be playing a game tonight, so if you are a Patreon subscriber and you're watching live, don't go anywhere after the show. Go to your email. You should have a link which sends you right to uh uh to 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 be able to join if you're not a patreon subscriber and you want to join um our patreon you want to join the pajama party click the link below go to ron and brian podcast.com click the link in the upper right hand corner where it says become a patron 
provide your name, your email address, provide your street address, provide your city, state, zip code. Give them your... All right. So I think people understand how to sign up for Patreon. Uh, so yeah, so sign up for Patreon. Join us uh, after dark. In the meantime, Brian, uh, let's get rolling with some of the great free content you get each and every week right here on the main podcast. It's time for Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Nazdrovia. Salud. Drink of the Week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. All right, Brian. What uh, what are you drinking this week? No, Hmm. no, no. we're not talking. This is called Empty My Beer Fridge. Okay. Um, it's coming from a brewery in uh, Huntington, Long Island, which uh, they were our our our, uh, friends of the show, the Paramount Theater, provided us with several beers. Um. I've got a couple in there that I'm saving for the right episode. But okay. tonight, tonight we're going to be emptying out Corona extras. I think I still have three. My goal for the night is to drink all of them. It's a solid, uh, solid beer for the summer. It's not, yeah, it's a crushable beer, but we're we're still in springtime yet. Yes, very true. It is April. It's not quite May. We are we are going through. You know what? I'll I'll save it for after dark. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Ron? Yes. What are you drinking? Um, well, first, before I get to what I'm drinking, uh, a shout out to friends of the podcast, the Jardies. They got us a little gift, Brian, uh, in, in theme of drink of the week. It is a candle uh, made out of a uh, empty uh, beer bottle uh, made out from Smittick's Red Ale. So they were at a festival the other day thinking of Ron and Brian as People so often do. Saw this, picked this up. Um, not cheap. Uh, they left the price on it, $10. So thank you for that. $10 also would have gotten them a month at Patreon uh, bronze level. But instead, we have this candle scented. Ah, smells like wood from the school kill. So maybe we'll light that candle. But again, Jardis, thank you very much for that. Uh, in the meantime, drink of the week, trying something a little different this week. This is a hard Italian soda from Bra- Bravazzi. Um, it is uh, their grapefruit flavor, 4.2% alcohol. And when I tell you it's grapefruit, uh, they did not skimp on the artificial flavor on that. That is a pinkish hue. I don't know if you can tell. Um, smells uh, grapefruity. So let's see how this goes down. It's not bad, actually. It's like a, uh, it's it's almost like a Schofferhofer with uh, less, um, less um, grapefruit flavor. Uh, can you uh, tell me what a Schofferhofer canafer uh, for her is? That's, a, uh, that's grapefruit juice mixed with beer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, where the hell you been? Um, America. <sighs> All right, well, that's uh, that's your bias. I get it. Um, so yeah, so I would uh, I would give the Bravazzi um, a uh, a thumbs up. So uh, very crushable. Something uh, if you're looking for something a little sweet, a little refreshing on a hot day, like you said, Brian. It's not hot just yet, but it's always hot here on the podcast. What do we say? We bring the heat <laughs> every every week. All every right. week, every week. All right, every week. let's keep it going with beef of the week. 
What's bothering you this week? There comes a time when, as an American, you have been pushed too far. There comes a time when, as a human being, you have been disrespected too much. There comes a time when, as a man, you have been you've been cast aside and you've been disrespected and insulted and treated like dirt and treated like garbage and shit on and spit that, on so urinated on <laughs> and had your sneakers stolen Ooh. and had somebody else run by and pull your pants down and then had that weird homeless bum that nobody likes to talk about come up and put a finger in your booty hole. It's happened to all of us. Go right. I'll take your word on it. Well, something happened this. Something happened this week. Not to me. Not <laughs> okay. To me. Not to me. But something so outrageous occurred this week to somebody who I Can't I love. To somebody that I love. And in respect of the parliamentary rules of the Ron and Brian podcast, I hereby declare that I yield my five minutes of beef of the week to the great gentleman from the state of Pennsylvania. Ron, please discuss your beef of the week. Wow. Well, uh, that is an honor, and I will I will take those minutes. Um, this is uh, this is a roller coaster, folks. Strap in. My beef of the week this week uh, is with uh, Jeep and the, the Jeep dealerships in my area. Uh, some of you know, uh, bought a, uh, a Jeep uh, towards the end of last year. Uh, brand new. First 51 years old, first brand new car I've ever owned. So last month, started having some uh, electrical issues with it. Nothing major, but, you know, wanted to get it checked out. Brought it to the dealership that uh, I bought it from. They uh, got it back to me the same day. Said, all right, everything's fixed. Literally within an hour, everything else was going wrong again. So like, all right, uh, went on vacation, got tied up with work. So I decided to use a dealership closer to my house. So um, called them last week. They were like, oh, we're pretty busy. Um, so earliest we can get you in is this past Wednesday. It's like, all right, that's fine. So dropped the car off on Tuesday night after the place was closed, leave my key. You know, Wednesday morning comes, uh, get a text from the dealership. Hey, Ronald, this is Taylor, your service advisor at Reedman Toll. If you need anything throughout your visit, please reply to this text. So I'm like, fantastic. Car's checked in. Let's wait and see what they find out. No, no, you're missing. The, you, you skipped over the, uh, the, the, the painfully generic reply. Stop if you don't want to <laughs> receive text. Like, Taylor's not typing this. This is an automated message. Very true. Well, we will get to Taylor when she has left her own devices uh, momentarily. So a day goes by. I don't hear anything. So Thursday, I send a text and I'm like, wanted to see if there were any updates on my car. Reasonable. Reasonable. Uh, wait a bit. Don't hear anything. So I'm like, all right. So I call, get somebody uh, at the dealership and they're like, oh yeah, your car hasn't been looked at yet. I'm like, why is that? Oh, um, yeah, it's it, we're backed up. It's, uh, Taylor told you when your car was checked in that it was going to take two days for us to look at it. I'm like, I've never spoken to Taylor apart from this text. 
Oh, well, uh, we'll we'll see if we can get we can look at it this afternoon. All right, fine. Preach. And then I get then I get a text from Taylor. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. I know you're. Oh, so the woman said it's just been a crazy day around here. All right, crazy day. Fine. So then uh, Taylor texts back. I'm sorry. I know you were speaking with Nicole. Sorry I didn't get back to you. We had a really bad incident that happened today. So now I'm thinking like someone's hurt, someone's dead. You know, like a, a lift crushed somebody. Sure. Yeah, something like that. However, or 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 maybe Robert De Niro and Val Kilmer showed up with assault rifles and a duffel bag of uh, of cash over their shoulder. Right, something like that. Uh, however, your vehicle has been dispatched to a technician, and I should have an answer on your vehicle by tomorrow on what's going on. Yeah. All right, so I'm thinking, you know, to Thursday afternoon, I should find out on Friday what's going on. So Friday afternoon comes, I haven't heard anything, so just shoot another text. Check in to see if there are any updates on my car. Now, I was uh, actually at an appointment, so uh, she actually tried to call, which I'm like, well, why, why are we texting if you're just going to call me? Just text me with what's going on. So I wasn't able to answer her call when uh, the dealership called. So that led to this text. I have bad news to deliver. So when you get a chance, can you please give me a call back as soon as possible? <laughs> <laughs> so now oh uh, you're like, so fucked you're so <laughs> fucked at this moment <laughs> so now i'm thinking to myself what in god's name could have happened to my car that i'm getting this text okay uh just to just to reiterate here yes. when did you drop this car off what day of the week again i dropped it on tuesday night because my appointment so was on friday Monday. afternoon you're right. getting these texts what are you using as a vehicle in the interim? Uh, I was driving my wife's car. Okay. So right. I, I, I'm assuming you had to roll the seat back. <laughs> yes, you would be correct. Okay. So making right. sure of that. Yes. Okay. So clearly now I have to make a phone call. So I, I call and I speak to Taylor and she's very, she's very flush. She's like, wow. she's like, you know, it's uh, really haven't had this happen. Uh, you know, your, your keys were lost. Um, potentially taken, um, you know, but um, on a positive note, your car is still here. <laughs> so let's, let's put a pin on that comment for just a moment because I'm a reasonable man. When I drop a car off at a, a garage to be worked on, I don't have a lot of high expectations, you know, sure. how long it's going to take, whether they have the parts, everything else. But I've got two pretty basic, uh, you know, things. Like, A, I don't expect to get my car back in worse condition than I left Correct. it. Uh, and B, it's not going to get stolen while it's there. <laughs> like, those are the two base things. But she at least has confirmed that while my keys are no longer at the dealership, at least my car is still there. Yeah. Okay. So she's like, so we've ordered some, we've ordered keys. Uh, we've ordered replacement <sighs> keys. Um, and hey, just so you know, we're, we're going to pick up that cost. That's on us. For the $30 key? Well, I'm sure it's more because, you know, it's these electronic keys. I'm sure they're a couple hundred bucks. But I'm thinking to myself. No, no, no. Retail, they're a couple well, hundred retail. bucks. Like what, like what are these pay? Like what's a dealer cost for a replacement key? Not that much. Can't but in general, I, in general, I'm thinking to myself, the car doesn't even have 5,000 miles on it. Like anything that's wrong with it, you're paying for. But the fact, yes, the fact that sure. you got my keys stolen yes you're most definitely paying like don't pat yourself yeah. on the back and be like hey guy we got you on this one <laughs> sure so 
you know, there was a couple other items that were supposed to uh, come in. So she's like, all right, there's none of the part I have to wait like a week on, but it's not. Yes. I'm like, so I can, I'm like, can I get the car back so I can use it for work next week? She's like, yeah, uh, you should be able to, to pick it up around uh, 10 or 11 tomorrow on Saturday. So I didn't take a picture of this text, but again, I'm like, is my car ready to pick up? Brian, would you like to guess whether my car was ready to pick up yesterday? Of course not. Otherwise, no. this wouldn't be your beef for the week. No. Well, I think up to this point, this is a pretty good beef, even if I had gotten a, my car back. It's a pretty good one. But I also would like to point out that you are the same person that would order from Walmart Plus for grocery <laughs> deliveries. And if you didn't get the jumbo um, uh, carton of eggs and it said you just got extra large eggs, I could see that being your beef of the week. I, I mean, you would bring that to the table here. But the fact that the text of like, I have bad news to deliver. Like you don't want, you don't want that text from a spouse. You don't want that text no. from a doctor. No. Uh, and no. you don't want that no. text from your car dealer. But no. the fact that she was like, well, on a positive note, your car is still here. Which would lead me to believe that somebody's car. Some cars were not. Not there. <laughs> okay. Now here, let me ask you a question. Sure. So are you slightly offended that your car dealership was broken into the stash keys were raided and the uh and the robbers deemed your car not <laughs> worth stealing well you know the funny thing is is one of the issues was the fact that the keys weren't working properly with my car so ironically <laughs> that may have helped my car from being stolen <laughs> oh but this is so good this is yeah so now i go back to the text from Wednesday, where they said they had a quote-unquote sure. bad incident. Sure. Clearly, that was the bad incident. Because I'm thinking to myself, well, unless my key was stolen, like, the minute before I, like, texted her, they've known this and never bothered to reach out to me. Of course. This is customer service in America. And I don't blame, I don't blame Taylor. Taylor's just, you know, she's probably no idea how to, like a service manager or a general manager probably should be calling people to be like, hey, your keys got stolen, but your car's still here. Yes. So that, Brian, that is my beef of the week. So tomorrow uh, I will see if I can actually uh, get my car back. Okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not feeling too confident, but God willing. Um, how will you be updating us? Um, I can uh, I can update through our social media sites if you like. That would be satisfactory. You'd be all right with that? Yeah, on a positive so. note, your car is still here. Hold on. On a positive note, Magic Johnson. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Solid work. Solid work, my friend. Uh, so we will, we will tuck away that beef of the week and I will update everybody to, uh, to see how that's going. Although sometimes it's good not to have a car, Brian, as, uh, this individual in Florida, an alleged drunk driver, uh, plowed through a crash scene and ran over severed limbs, uh, before setting off a high speed pursuit. Uh, Thomas Crumman, uh, age 23, drove his silver 2005 Chevy pickup truck directly at two Florida Highway Patrol troopers responding to a, uh, a woman who had been fatally struck uh, early last week in Dade City. So the troopers were investigating the woman's death as a hit and run and had found her torso along the shoulder and her detached legs in the roadway. Yeah. 
Um, what's the deal with Florida? <laughs> well, we have uh, we've got a lot of Florida stories this week. I don't know what's up with Florida. Um, they're passing crazy laws. They're getting in uh, disputes with Disney. Uh, it's it's a crazy week. Um, yeah, but that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Pretty that fucked that up. is pretty bad. Uh, also, uh, not again, not uh, great to be uh, a pedestrian in uh, in Florida uh, or driving. A Florida teen has been charged with vehicular homicide for driving 151 miles per hour in a crash that killed six people. Um, after posting videos of himself going even faster and asking people to guess the speeds for twenty five dollars. What? He was is that a thing? Is that a Florida thing? Uh, apparently, he was trying to get some clout online. Uh, Noah Thomas Gall, age 17, was hit with six counts of vehicular homicide after he slammed his 2019 BMW M5 into a SUV uh, carrying these people in Delray Beach. This was actually back in January uh, when a deputy asked Gall on the way to the hospital how fast he'd been driving. The team reportedly answered above 120. Ron, what is the fastest you've ever driven? Um, I would say I probably around a hundred. You did a hundred. I've done I've done a hundred. Now, if you were on methamphetamines, <laughs> how fast would you be willing to drive? I mean, I tend to keep it slower when I'm on meth because I get a little paranoid. <coughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> I I need I need to isolate the video of whatever the hell it was that your mouth just did. And I will put that on TikTok where it will live forever. I was I was I was inhaling. <coughs> oh fuck. I was inhaling as I was about to make a point and saliva went right down the air hole. <clears throat> I'm making a notice at what time in the video this happened. So make sure you're following us on TikTok uh, at the Ron and Brian podcast, because uh, we are going to put whatever Brian just did with his mouth. Anyway, you were about to uh, ask a question. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's move on. Um, so anyway. Uh, Yo, the- hold on. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Matt, Matt, uh, uh, Matt Peeker, our producer, edit that out. Edit <laughs> that out of the, uh, of the uh, podcast audio version. Uh, so uh, the uh, the teen uh, who only suffered minor injuries, of course, because the people who's the jackass uh, never dies in these type of accidents. Uh, they say he was under the influence of alcohol and or drugs. Um, again, uh, police had started to search for him um, because he had recorded himself a couple weeks earlier. It wasn't the same night. It was two weeks earlier uh, that he had recorded himself driving at a high speed and posted the footage on Instagram and TikTok. Um, Ron, let me ask you a question. Sorry to cut you off. <clears throat> what is the fastest you've ever driven? <laughs> uh, still 100 miles an hour. Now, amazingly, this uh, the earlier one that he posted on Instagram, he recorded himself driving 182 miles an hour in the same car two weeks prior. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, this kid's going to prison yeah. uh, for a long time, uh, and I'm okay with that. Society's better off. Yes, without a doubt. Let's see. What else do we have in Florida? A Florida bride and caterer were charged with lacing wedding food with cannabis. 
the bride, Danya Shea Svoboda, age 42, and caterer Jocelyn Montrenice Bryant, 31, have been charged with culpable negligence, delivery of marijuana, and violating Florida's Anti-Tampering Act. Uh, apparently, they lay stuff like uh, lasagna and desserts with marijuana, um, causing several guests uh, to become sick. Wait a second. So the bride dosed her own guests? <laughs> yes, exactly. What the fuck? Uh, so the no, uh, I mean no, no, no. Like, like, okay, this is the thing. I get it. Some people do drugs. I get it. Some people drink. I understand that. What I don't understand is this pathological um, uh, pursuit of I want to get all these people high because I want to be high and therefore all these other people should as well. Right. Um, like, so, did it say in the story where it was just like, hey, everybody, you know, wink, wink, there's this tray of lasagna for those who are 420 friendly. Or was it just like, we're just going to dose like miscellaneous pieces of food at our wedding. And if, if you, you fall for it, you, good luck. Uh, so, yeah. So apparently they, they dosed the food. They did not tell anybody about it. Um, this was back uh, in, uh, on, in February 19th. Um, Fire Rescue actually ended up being called out to uh, attend to several wedding guests uh, for symptoms consistent with those of someone who has used illegal drugs. Um, a deputy asked Danya and her husband, Andrew, whether they had requested or consented to the food containing cannabis. And this is great. The, the affidavit said, quote, Andrew stared at the deputy with a blank expression for a few moments before stuttering through a no. Uh, so he's in on it, too. No, they're saying he's not into it, but the uh, the woman uh, clearly uh, got excited and uh, kind of admitted to it because she was very hot, too. Oh, here we go. Marijuana was in the olive oil. So it was an Italian wedding. So, uh, well, apparently. The lasagna that was tested, tested for high levels of THC. I mean, I would think that for your wedding, wouldn't you want to like put Coke out there for people? Don't you want like an energy, a buzz? Like, do you want people like what kind of wedding is it going to be where everyone's just sitting there um, just, you know, uh, uh, staring at the the cold piece of chicken that's been put in front of them? Uh, I don't know. It's. Uh, I wonder if they have to return the gifts now. Have you ever been to a wedding where you liked the food that they served or has it always been disappointing? No, there's there's been a number of uh, times I've been to weddings where the food was good. Now, I'm not talking about the one that was held right in the uh, center between Geno's and Pat's. I'm not <laughs> talking about that classy Philadelphia wedding that you attended. I mean, like, if you ever, like, where they're like, oh, do you want the steak or the fish or the chicken or the fish? I think consistently the food is always disappointing. Uh, well, in a lot of places, yes. I mean, I've, there's there's been a few I've gone to that the food's been good. I find buffets tend to work out better than plated. Really? Personally. Yeah, just personally. Okay. All right. No, uh, no, no. As somebody who works in the hospitality industry yes. for a majority of 2021, I'm going to trust your uh, your 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 position on uh, the proper way of catering something like that. 
Well, thank I mean, you. if we were talking about Ron of 2020, I would say that your opinion doesn't matter right. because you have no experience in the hospitality industry at that moment. Correct. Exactly. No, no, nothing that I'm bringing to the table. Just uh, unemployment checks. <laughs> that's right. And am I bitter that in 2021 you overruled the um, death pool entry of Ron's uh, uh, unemployment benefits? I'm still bitter over it. Well, I mean, it would have been one more than you've gotten so far this year. Same could be said for you. Very true. Very true. Um, so Florida, Brian, is also... Uh, we have more Florida? More Florida. It is the home of Daniela Brigoli, uh, also known as Bad Barbie. Uh, she uh, launched Internet Stardom five years ago. Um, Cash me outside. Cash me outside. <laughs> Um, so she's racked up about 14 million YouTube views. Um, she has uh, about 16 million Instagram followers. And so now she has a home in Boca Raton, Florida, uh, 9,200 square feet, all cash. Would you like to know how much she paid for that house, Brian? I don't even think I could put a dollar on it that would be close to it. Uh, so uh, Brigoli, uh, now 19 years old, uh, it's a seven-bedroom, seven-bathroom house uh, that she bought, again, all cash, $6.1 million. Whoa, time out. Okay. You're telling me that the girl that was on Dr. Phil, mm-hmm. the um, my teen is out of control, please come help me. Yes. You're telling me that that girl just paid all cash for a $6 million home? That is exactly what I'm saying to you. She uh, she has several <sighs> multi-million dollar deals. Um, thanks to her manager, uh, Adam Kluger. He set her up with, uh, with Atlantic Records. She's had brand deals with online retailers like Fashion Nova and Copycat Beauty. She launched her own indie music label. And worldwide, Brian, her music has been streamed more than 1.5 billion times. That was a B. That was a B, 1.5 billion times. Should I keep you uh, from jumping out your window right now? You're telling me the cash me outside girl paid $6 million in cash for a home. Uh, $6.1 million. It's a and very nice I, house, too. And my alarm is set for 5.30 tomorrow morning so I could get to work on time? That That is very true. Wow. I am doing... Well, you know what? I'm going to say this. As much as I think she's a piece of garbage, and I and here and you know, um, you know, Janelle right here, you know, our favorite commenter, rewarding yes. trash for being trash. Um, I gotta say, um, you know what, she's doing something right. Listen, because that kid just bought a uh, six million dollar home. I, I, I'm not. Who am I? To, who am I to shit on that girl? Though what? I imagine, based on like you know what I've what I picked up on her. Somebody has shit on that girl. And I'm not saying Amber Heard has shit on her because Amber Heard likes to shit on mattresses. Right. On uh, uh, on uh, silk uh, sheets. Uh, somebody has shit on Danielle Brig Brigoli. Brigoli. Was I close? I think you got it right. You got it just as good as I did. Hmm. 
And uh, All right, that's a shame. Our final Florida story this week, Florida's Republic-led uh, mm-hmm. Congress approved a bill that will uh, eliminate Walt Disney Company's special da- tax district that has allowed the company to self-govern its land. Uh, this is in response to Disney's response to the Don't Say Gay bill that was passed in Florida. Um, they uh, said that they were stopping campaign contributions um, to all Florida lawmakers because of the sponsorship of the bill. So the GOP, uh, in retaliation, um, is now stripping um, uh, Disney of, of the tax benefits. They they were able to run their own police department, um, fire department, everything else. Disney was autonomous. Now that is going away. Ron, can you walk me through what's actually going on in this story? Um, and I'll tell you why. I understand that Disney said um, something that was pro-transgendered and pro-progressive um, left. Um, the Republicans in Florida got butthurt and are right. now looking to punish Disney. What I don't understand is um, the specifics of the bill that was passed in Florida, the supposed don't say gay, right? which I don't understand what what was what the specific... Uh, uh, acts are within that law. And I also don't seem to understand how a corporation can own a piece of land and be autonomous within that 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 state. I don't understand the implications of what that means. All right. Um, which which part do you want me to address? I'd like you to address both of them, please. <laughs> Well, the I mean, the don't the, the don't say gay act is basically the law they passed stating that um, in classes up to like K through third grade, um, teachers are not able to mention anything about gender or uh, anything like that. And parents can sue school districts and school districts would be forced to pay um, out of their own budgets for any lawsuits that they lose. So. You know, basically continuing to restrict, you know, what can be taught in schools, you know, kind of piggybacking off of the the critical race theory. So basically, you know, part of the reason that, um, you know, Disney was set up the way that it was is that it, you know, for the counties where Disney is located, um, you know, the the counties were not responsible for paying for new services Mm -hmm. and infrastructure um, for Disney. Um, for electricity, water, roads, you know, the police and fire protection. So basically, you know, it was it was the company basically taking on all of these expenses that, you know, normally would have been passed along to the counties and to the taxpayers that they are. Okay. So now um, the the side effect of this is that the counties where they where Disney is located in. So it's so large, it stretches over two counties. It stretches over Orange and Osceola counties. Um, they are now going to inherit um, the debt that Disney has for having run themselves. You know, whatever, you know, Obviously, if they're if they're buying, you know, police cars and fire trucks, sure. whatever, the, whatever money they currently have is debt. All of that debt once now that this bill has been signed, all of that debt shifts from Disney onto the two counties and the taxpayers in those counties um, where where Disney is located. So mm-hmm. this is actually, you know, 
while it may seem, I mean, there's some tax implications that go away that will hurt Disney. But at the end of the day, they are being relieved of, of I believe, billions of dollars in debt that will now transfer onto the cap. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. It's about $1 billion in bond debt um, that could be put onto the local governments. Could, but not definitely. Not definite. Um, you know, also there was money that were was paid to certain areas. Um, so there's an area called um, Reedy Creek, which would get $105 million. That goes I su- away. I, 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 I summer there every year. <laughs> Um, Disney um, usually would tax itself around 53 million each year to service its debt. Um, so now, you know, the people who live um, in and around that area uh, could potentially see property taxes um, jump by upwards of 20% uh, to make up for the difference. Listen, Ron, I'm conflicted here. Okay. Because I, I, I hate Florida. I despise <laughs> it. And I would be perfectly fine if the ocean's level rose um, and engulfed Florida. Right. And at the same time, Ron, I say fuck corporations. Absolutely fuck them all. Pay your fair cost. Pay your share. Um, why do you get a free ride if the average citizen doesn't? Um, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm against this law. The don't. Uh, uh, don't Hold on. I'm kind of okay avoiding the issue of gender in classrooms. Okay. But I do not agree that you should sue the school, that that you should not be throwing out there the monetary gain um, from parents to sue. Like, this law feels like a, um, uh, we want parents to sue schools. We want you to take money from school districts as a form of punishment. So this way they're too afraid to talk about gender. So fuck the law. Um, but I really hate fucking corporations. Like you're telling me that what that Disney world. And um, I, I feel the need to uh, disclose right now as a stunk investor. Um, Ron convinced me to uh, to buy some shares of Disney a couple months ago. Stonks. And I've lost quite a bit of money on that investment. I mean, not dollar-wise per se, but percentage. I mean, we are down, baby. And I know you like to say long hold. But um <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, no. I would say, I would say, what are we down? Probably about 40 more. Roughly, roughly, yeah. Oof, damn. Um, but I think in the long haul here, I am more uncomfortable with the idea that Disney is turning in uh, billions of dollars of annual profit while they're receiving these tax benefits that enable them to exist in the first place. It's yeah, it's it's tough because there's not really a, a good guy in this particular fight. No, and if it all and also, I mean, to me, the silver lining here is that the um, uh, the Florida landowner, tax holder, uh, citizen, or whatnot is going to get screwed even larger because of the moves that their elected politician, their representatives are making. Um, I I think this is kind of fun to watch. Oh, yeah. You have I don't have a dog in the fight. I want to sit back. And let's watch them just drag each other down. Sounds good. 
Uh, moving on to other news stories. Uh, so Fox News, Brian, I know you're a fan. You've got your mug there. Um, so uh, Jesse Waters uh, told a story on The Five this past week um, that came across kind of stalkerish. Um, he was uh, he was attempting to get a date um, with a, uh, a co-worker. So Jesse Waters was 39 at the time uh, and married. Interesting uh, side of course. note. Uh, this, his co-worker, Emma DiGiovine, uh, was 25. So trying to date a much younger co-worker, he admitted um, that while he was trying to get her to date him, he let the air out of her tires no. so that he could offer her a ride home. No. And now the shocking thing is, um, and she got in the car, she she took the ride. Um, now they are married. He divorced, whoa, whoa, whoa. His, he, he divorced his first wife, and uh, he and Emma uh, got married back in December of 2019. And apparently him telling this story on, on The Five the other day, uh, he had never even told his wife the story. Whoa. Hold on. Time out. <laughs> Rewind. Okay. So this guy tells a story on the air, right? That when he that the way he met his current wife is that he let the air out of her tires. So now in and, the and, parking lot, and and the reason he told this story is they were do the, the five the panel was talking about environmentalists who encouraged deflating uh, the tires of SUVs. So while they're discussing that story, he says, "Hey." I've got my own tire deflating story to tell. Hold on here. So he deflates the tires. He deflates the tires of the car driven by this coworker of his right. that he's interested in. They go out. He then like rushes to her, her aid when she's like, damn it. I can't drive this car home. He's like, I'll give you a ride home. Yeah. Gives her the ride home. And that sparks their relationship to the point where he marries her. So he, uh, so they, they let the, um, they let, apparently according to the network, the two of them formed the network that they were dating in 2017. He divorces his first wife, mother of his two daughters, um, in 2018. And then, well, no offense, but she couldn't give him son. So I, I understand <laughs> that divorce. I mean, and then, uh, yes. And then he and Emma get married in 2019. May your first grandchild be a masculine grandchild. Um, okay. I mean, no offense. Let's 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 put our cards on the table here. Okay. Um, creep. I would say there's a creep level here. <laughs> Just um, um, awkward. Mm, I'm gonna say it. Yep. Can be a little awkward. However, mm, I give him points for clever. <laughs> I give him points for being clever. The cleverness here. Um, first off, she didn't pick up on it. She was just like, oh, you're going to give me a ride home, but we're going to stop off at this bar first. Right. Where you're going to load me up on vodka crayons, maybe vodka sods, maybe Tito sods with a splash of lime. Maybe a tie. This has got to stop. Maybe a hard Italian soda. 
Well, I would have gotten that line, but you hadn't cut me off. But that is part of the joy of what gives you 51%. I mean, 51% says you get to cut me off whenever you want. Uh, Another great story here, Brian, which I know you will love this one. Two Russian oligarchs were found dead alongside their wives and children one day apart. Let me see how much I can butcher these names. Uh, Vatislav Aveyev, uh, former vice president. Well, of- hold on. But Ron, your mic cut off. Your mic cut off. Can you, can, you, can you do that again? That was not that you. bad. Vladislav Aveyev, former vice president of Gazprom Bank. Uh, he well, was oh, found. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not coming through. But this time's got to stop. Um, he was found dead uh, of a gunshot wound in his uh, his Moscow apartment, um, along with uh, with his wife and kids. This was again. This was in Moscow. Uh, in the statement, they say that Aveyev shot his wife and daughter, and then himself. Then the next day, no! more than two thousand miles away in Spain, uh, Sergei Protosenya was found hanged with his wife and daughter stabbed to death. Um, he was found with a blood-stained knife and an axe at his side. Uh, he was the former VP and chief accountant of Novatech, a major gas company with close connections to Gazprom Bank, uh, the place where Vladislav Aveyev worked. So both of these oligarchs dead, along with their entire family, 2,000 miles apart, two days apart, uh, both uh, claiming to be murder suicides. Wow. Do you think it's a, I mean, does anybody believe that he's not being killed by Putin? I mean, you would, you would think no one would believe that. You would think. Wow. That is nuts. So you think he's killing his friends or you think these people are actually killing themselves? I, I think, uh, I think, uh, they probably were killed for some reason. Was it because that they were not members of the Ron and Brian podcast's Patreon, where <laughs> once a month you're able run, run. Oh, sorry. Run the clip. Where once a month you come on, if you come on on the uh, bronze or higher level, join our Patreon. It's a way, listen, Ron and I are not making money off this podcast. Let's be brutally honest here. Um, but there are costs that are associated to it. And one of the ways that we like to offset the costs um, that we incur um, is to, uh, you know, raise uh, raise some funds on a Patreon. It is a paid subscription service. Every week you get at least 30 minutes of um, behind the paywall kind of stuff that, uh, you know, it's... Uh, I don't want to say it's always sexier. It's not always sexier, but it's definitely the kind of stuff that we are not. Just give me a little background music. Oh, thank you very much, sir. But it's definitely the kind of stuff that YouTube and Facebook and Twitch are a little uncomfortable with. Um, usually there's uh, there's stuff about prostitution. Stuff, that's, you know, we, we talk about sex. We talk about institutions. We talk about restitutions. Oh, this has got a nice little beat to it. Well, let's not let's not. We get talk it. about hold on, hold on. We <laughs> talk about intuition. <laughs> no, but seriously speaking, you've got right now a little bit over a little bit under forty-five minutes to join us this month on our pajama party. Oh, 
This is baby making music. This is the kind of music where you just tell your lady, get down on your stomach, put your hands on your pillow. I'm gonna climb on top of you. Okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna shut this all down right now and try and get into the next new stuff. That's that went sideways, more sideways than you normally go. Give me a couple more seconds of that. <laughs> bring it back, bring it back, bring it back, Ron. I'm afraid. I'm afraid too. Oh yeah, baby. Push those knees together. Okay. All right. So, Brian, I want to get your opinion on this next story. This next story fascinated me, uh, and I'm very torn on how I feel about this. Uh, We are going to Tennessee um, and some legislation um, that has passed the the House and Senate and is head to Governor Bill Lee's desk. Uh, So it says that a defendant convicted of vehicular homicide or aggravated vehicular homicide due to intoxication, uh, whose victim is the parent of a minor child, must pay restitution in the form of child maintenance to each of the victim's children until each child reaches 18 years of age and has graduated from high school. So basically, if you're a drunk driver and you kill the parent of a minor child, um, you are on the hook for child support for that child until they graduate high school or turn 18, one or the other. Okay. Uh, I'm conflicted here, and I'll tell you why. Because my sense of government overreach, it, it, like my my spidey senses when it comes to government overreach, are just tingling at this moment. It, it this just sounds like government out of control, which is ironic because the Republicans who claim to be the party of deregulation are just at the forefront of controlling human behavior. Um, And at the same time, my sense of vengeance is so strong that the idea of if you take a life and that adversely affects others, you should there there should be a greater penalty assigned to it. Ron, I'm not going to lie to you on this one. I'm conflicted. Okay, Are you as conflicted with this one as you were with Disney in Florida? Oh, no, no, no. Disney, Florida, I would, I, I'm would. i okay just watching the two of them fight with each other, despite the fact that I'm a shareholder in the Walt Disney Corp. Stonks. Stonks. Uh, 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 NYSE symbol D-I-S. Yes. Not for um, destroying uh, internal savings which is kind of what you've done to my portfolio ron pretty much oh, thank you very much hold on right. I'm, gonna t- I'm gonna take a sip of my losses right now so moving on uh big news <laughs> earlier this week where uh u.s district court judge katherine kimball mazell uh struck down the cdc down. mandate uh, in airports transit hubs and public transportation um, took a couple of days for the CDC and the DOJ uh, to respond and uh, and file an appeal. Brian, your thoughts on this? This one really threw me for a curveball here. So um, there is a judge curveball. It's a it's an appropriate reference. It, no? it, it, well, it's throw you through you for a loop or through a curveball. Didn't throw you for a curveball. 
This has got to stop. <laughs> anyway, uh, continue, please. Okay, so you've got this judge who was recently appointed to the the bench right. by uh, Trump. So she's within the most recent two hours. Um, apparently, is wildly um, underqualified for her judgeship. Um, but uh, it, it is uh, the different rating systems that they have for judges and potential judges um, ruled that when Trump nominated her, that she was a political uh, nominee, got through. <clears throat> um, but she does not have the legal background that um, would necessitate uh, what I would qualify as this being a valid um uh, uh, a legal decision. What concerns me the most, or what what I felt was a real uh, uh, eye opener here, was that out of nowhere, um, she passes down this legal decision that the CDC did not have the authority that they overstepped their bounds in declaring that masks needed to be worn on public transportation throughout the fifty states. And what I found so shocking or surprising was that the Biden administration, the CDC, the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, the IRS, the DOJ, the the CDC and the DOJ. But the fact that several days went by and that there was no appeal filed um, that that set me into a place where I just sat there and said, well, um, maybe the government realizes that maybe they have overstepped their bounds or maybe they realize that there is not a real justification for forcing people to wear masks on public transportation. I the part that really got me in the sense of um, we uh, were fucked and we deserve to be fucked was the videos that were taken by airline passengers who were on planes after that decision had been passed down by Judge Harry Anderson. And um, when they said that, uh, you know, and when they the announcements were being made on the airlines, watching people whoop, whoop, like tag team just came, uh, you know, strolling out of the cabinet to sing "Whoop, there it is." I mean, watching people celebrate um, the 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 mask mandate, like um, it, it 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 reminded me of watching people celebrate the end of World War II. You know, when 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 Times Square was flooded and sailors kissed nurses. That was you were back around back then. <clears throat> well. But there was definitely no video. Um, but the point being is just like people were were, were cheering as if mankind had won. Um, uh, meanwhile, it was just a judge in the legal system. I, I don't know. It just it, it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, you had people um, on the planes, to your point, people just started whipping the masks off. Yeah, um, and you've got people. You've got uh, immunocompromised people on these planes. You've got unvaccinated sure. children on these planes. People thinking that they're they're fine to travel because of this. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see should this mask mandate not be in place, how does that impact um, air travel moving forward? 
I mean, yeah. I mean, like, like a lot of people are celebrating, but I was just like, there's nothing funny here. There's absolutely nothing funny about this subject. Mm. And people are laughing, even in our own audience. What are you gonna do? You gonna do? Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, we've got uh, audio from an MMA fight. Um, two uh, two women fighters. I don't think this is UFC. I'm not quite sure uh, yeah, it's, no, no. where it's coming from, uh, but apparently. Um, somewhat of a uh, low blow uh, took place. Uh, so hopefully you can hear uh, the audio in this one. Worst spots to be in. So if you didn't hear that, uh, she uh, pinched her pussy. Worst spots to be in. So, um, but quick note, not illegal, uh, whatever, again, whatever, uh, whatever federation this is from, um, as a ref, all you need to do is allow 60 seconds, uh, for the fighter to recover from said genital pinching. So you can pinch genitals? Apparently you can. It's frowned upon in the sport, uh, but not illegal. Okay. And um, I feel like now this is an appropriate segue to announce that um, the Ron and Brian multiverse is expanding further beyond the podcast world, beyond the live stream. We will now be hosting our own Florida-based MMA fights where the only, the only move that you are allowed to use on your opponent's is to pinch them in the genitals. I think uh, I think you've got something there. I, I think this will be a big pay-per-view. Big, big, big. Big. Huge. It'll be huge. Huge. Uh, huge. What else happened in the world of sports? Oh, there was a junior college uh, pitcher who tackled a batter uh, that hit a home run off of him. Um, We've got some video of that as well. You see the guy rounding third. Here comes the pitcher. Oh, oh, my. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. That was out of nowhere. And I think, you know, we didn't have great uh, sports announcers on our college radio station, but I think they were better than this person. Let's let's just take a listen again. North Central is taking the lead here in game one. Oh, oh, my. Oh, no. Oh, no. That was out of nowhere. <laughs> that was out of nowhere. You can uh, hear the, oh. you can hear his buddy. What I would, can you play that one more time? Cause I think the important part is to watch how far this guy's helmet flies away from his head as he takes this hit. Watch this one. guy's helmet. Oh, oh, my. Oh, no. Flying. Oh, no. I mean, it was out of nowhere. That was out of nowhere. He sprinted from the uh, from the pitcher's mound. And to his credit, the batter got up and uh, crossed home plate. uh, So it counted. So uh, that pitcher was Weatherford College pitcher Owen Woodward. Uh, He received a four game suspension from the North Texas Junior College Athletic Conference. However, it doesn't really matter because he's been kicked off of his team. Uh, Interestingly enough, the batter, North Central Texas College's Josh Phillips, was also suspended two games uh, because he was ejected for taunting. 
So I guess he uh, he was taunting the pitcher oh. after hitting the home run. Got and that it. Was why uh, the pitcher maybe decided to uh, level him with the spear, but mm. it was it was solid. I'm going to say that we are watching the um, uh, infiltration of violence into the sports world. Just now? Hmm? You're saying there was no violence in the sports world prior? No, 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 no. No, no, no. It was, it was pure gamesmanship. What else? Showmanship. Uh, what else would you like to hit? Sportsmanship. What else would you like to hit before? Alienship. Oh, my Jesus. But this has got to stop. Ron, did anybody pass away this week? Uh, we had uh, some uh, some celebrity obituaries this week, starting off with the hip hop icon DJ K Slay, dead at the age of fifty five, uh, passing away at uh, on Easter Sunday. A uh, real name Keith Grayson, um, and he had a four month battle with COVID nineteen. Uh, again, before passing. It's a real shame. He and I spent the last two months working on my demo tape. I was this close to uh, having it ready. That's a damn shame. Uh, COVID impacts more than just the people um, that die. Sure. It impacts the people that work with those people. Now you're never going to hear my demo tape. Um, were you a fan of the uh, show Mad Men? Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, I love Mad Men. Wow. All right. Well, then uh, the uh, actor from the show, Robert Morse, uh, passed away at the age of 90. Um, Who's Robert Morse? So he uh, he played Bertram Cooper on uh, Mad Men. Uh, he got five Emmy nominations. Um, Cooper? He, uh, the old Cooper. guy? Yes, the old guy. He died? At the age of 90. Oh, that's a shame. Um, earned five Tony nominations in his career, won a Tony uh, for the 61 Broadway production of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Uh, also did a portrayal of Truman Capote uh, in a stage play. Um, so, yeah, so passed away at the at the age of 90. Um, one of the uh, things that I uh, little known fact about him was that um, – uh, about 18 months ago, he was really heralded by the New York acting scene. He was offered a role in a 12-on-one uh, female-on-male gangbang video that, um, you know, they were, you know, it was called Mad Women, and it was going to be about, uh, you know, uh, uh, Cooper, but they were going to call him Dicker. Um and uh, he was going to be running a 1950s style uh, ad campaign, except he was going to be having sex with all of the different uh, women that were working in the office. And, you know, they were going to use, you know, he was going to be drinking Manhattans and old fashions, and he was going to be smoking cigarettes in the office. And then the big buildup scene was going to be the 12 on one gangbang. And um, after reading the script, he said, you know what? I'm not sure that I see this part uh, for me, and uh, he passed on it. And ironically, that would have been his last acting gig. Wow, that is that is a shame. Um, also passing away this week, uh, Guy Lafleur, uh, five-time Stanley Cup champion with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, dying at age seventy. Yes, Ron. I don't think we need to bring in his sexuality here, Mister Lafleur. Um, 
regardless, Guy Lafleur, regardless of what Mister Lafleur liked to do between the sheets, that's his business. He was a hockey legend, and I demand, I demand that you treat him with that level of respect. Uh, so uh, the the winger, affectionately known as both the Flower and the Blonde Demon, played fourteen seasons with Montreal. Uh, and also winning the Conn Smythe Trophy in 77 as playoff MVP. So ironic you mentioned that because the uh, the hammer and the flower, what was that, what were his nicknames? Uh, the flower and the blonde demon. The flower and the blonde demon was actually a 1967 movie that was originally going to be cast with, Dr., with uh, Robert Morris as the lead actor. Um it involved a uh, 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 what? How do we say this? We uh, it was a, a stage prop flower. It wasn't a real flower. Okay. But the idea was that Robert Morris was going to play a character who um, uh, violated uh, the flower on you know in you know in the uh, uh, the the big scene of the movie. Um, and once again, gotta stop. All right, and finally, uh, former Senator Orrin Hatch, the longest-serving GOP U.S. Senator, uh, passed away at the age of 88 on Saturday. I know Janelle. Our, Janelle, our in-house resident Republican, Janelle is just absolutely uh, uh, just devastated by Orrin Hatch dying. So he was the, uh, the former uh, Senate president pro tempore, served in the chamber from 42 years from 77 to 2019. Um, actually was not a completely uh, horrible individual. Um, he, had, uh, he was behind a number of bills such as uh, the uh, Drug Price Competition and Patent Term Restoration Act, the State Children's Health Insurance Program, and the Americans with Disability Act. And then, of course, he uh, sounds like a socialist to me. And then went down the uh, went down the Trump train um, and uh, helped uh, Trump dismantle uh, the uh, uh, national monuments in Utah, uh, both Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante, uh, removing protections from them so they could be developed, uh, and also uh, ushered in the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, uh, which was the biggest tax code change in three decades, favoring corporations and the wealthy, uh, making it so that everyone listening to this podcast pays more in taxes than all of the major corporations out there. Oh, so fuck him. Yeah. So we're not going to miss, uh, we're not going to miss him. Um, anything else this week, Brian? I think we're good. I mean, I think we, uh, we covered some stuff, uh, I'm just looking through, we got the mask mandate. We got that. Not missing anything at all this week. Oh, um, do, do we want to just quickly mention Mike Tyson? Uh, we can. Yes. I feel like Mike Tyson um, earned some more of the public's respect this past week. And, um, you know, it's if, if it's really fascinating if you watch Mike Tyson's career. Um, the man was a liter- he He re-energized the boxing world. Um, you know, boxing at the time was, I mean, it had the public's attention, but it felt like it was getting tired. Um, every couple, you know, months there was a... Uh, uh, Roberto Duran taking on um, marvelous Marvin Hagler, who would then go on to face Tommy Hearns, who would then face Sugar Ray Leonard. Stop. Anyway, uh, yes, he uh, he beat up a guy on a plane. But, uh, but the point is, Tyson came in and he made the heavyweight division exciting. 
because suddenly he was able to, you know, uh, uh, basically just get in there and knock somebody out. But apparently this past week, he was on a JetBlue flight from California to Florida because all stories lead back to Florida. And um, the guy sitting in the row behind him, uh, realizing that Mike Tyson was ahead of him, um, uh, from what eyewitness stories are, the guy um, asked for a photo with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson um, gave him the photo. The guy asked for an autograph. I believe uh, Tyson gave him the autograph. And then the guy just wouldn't stop talking to him and got more aggressive as the uh, flight went on, leading up to Mike Tyson standing up, turning around, and just just beat the shit out of this guy. And I'm okay with that. There you go. All right. Well, that uh, that I think wraps things up here. Um, we are going to get ready for After Dark. It is our monthly pajama party uh, where our listeners will join us on the show. And time- Are you going to be wearing pajamas? Uh, I mean, I usually wear shorts this time of year, so I'm already in my kind of pajamas, if you will. I assume you'll show be ends. to wear this, sh- this shirt buttoned up around your neck. Um, when the show ends, I'd like to see what your legs look like. Fair enough. You know, you always you don't even need to ask. I'll just show. But people, you got 21 minutes to join the Patreon right now. If you're watching this live, we are doing pajama party. Will you beat Ron? Twenty five dollars are going is up there. Ron and I combined between the two of us. We will donate twenty five dollars to a charity of your choice. If you can beat Ron during this month's game of Will You Beat Ron? All part of our After Dark Pajama Party. Once a month, we do our pajama party behind uh, the paywall. It's on Patreon. You get a uh, a link to join. It's going to be fun, people. For as little as $10 a month, you can join um, and just get uh, not only the type of content that, that YouTube won't allow us to talk about, but you can come on the show once a month, join us live. Let your tits out. (laughs) And on that note, I think we should probably wrap this up and get ready for After Dark. Brian, anything additional before we roll on out of here? No, I I think you and I both know that if I continue talking, it's only going to get downhill. It's It's only going to go down. It's going to be a sloppy After Dark. All right. For our Patreon folks, we will catch you in a few minutes. Everybody else, we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at Ron and Brian See you again next week.